Hello. Hello. And Hi. welcome to the Respectable Podcast. Oh shit, podcast. sorry, I've, I've done it wrong. <laughs> no, it's fine, it's fine. So one minute, you said one minute, didn't you? Just yeah, leave did. it and... Right, no, okay. no, it's fine, it's fine, it's okay. So, take two. Hello. Hello. And welcome to the Respectfully Podcast. I'm Lauren Stone. And I'm Nikki Pope. Fantastic. And today we have got a great guest with us who has just done a BBC show, You Are What You Wear. His name's Joey Bevan um, and he's a stylist. He's worked with a lot of big names in the hairdressing industry um, to bring their their um, collections to life, I guess. Um, so welcome, Joey. Hi. You can say well, thank hello you for now. having me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> nice to see you. It's great nice to, to see, see you. Thanks for coming. And it's like it's, we've got fresh meat, Lauren, because we don't know Joey at all. So we're going to discover all sorts of things about you. Should be really it. exciting. It's definitely a little date here, it getting is. to know each other. <laughs> <laughs> so first off, are you actually a hairdresser? You are, aren't you, as well as a stylist? So I'm more of a session stylist. So I worked right. at hairdressers for a small period of time, but I'm very, very quick at learning things. So when I was there at the basin, I just watched and watched and watched and then just practised with my friends at home. But session styling and things like that, I've, I've won awards for and have done hairdressing, but I kind of just prefer the fashion side of things and then mm-hmm. give it to all the hairdressers because I can't do everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's great Absolutely. though, I guess as a stylist, working with the hairdressers and having been a hairdresser, you kind of know what they're looking for and how to bring their collections to life with the clothes. Exactly, I think it's always um, that kind of thing, when, especially when there's like necklines and understanding cuts and yeah. certain colors, I think it does help with my hair clients because when I'm on set, I'm really considerate about the hair when a lot of stylists are just yeah. whoosh, swoosh, move all the hair out of the way and it's all messy where I really do think about yeah. you know the time and effort that's been put into it and understand the process. So I think that's what makes me a little bit sort of better I would to have on set than a you know an average stylist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's cut to the most exciting bit. The you are what you wear. So yes. you've brought out you're on well, you're part of um the five stylists on a brand new show which is coming out during lockdown so that's quite exciting so something new to watch as well exactly how did you get that how did that all come about oh it's it's really it's been a long 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 time from the initial meeting to actually recording because we recorded the uh series well the series last september okay um, and then it got put back because of um the whole thing with covid19 so we were supposed to come out on march the 23rd but we got pushed back to the 11th of june for the first episode so the first episode aired, but it was just a long process. So we were kind of like, oh, oh is, is it ever out yet? Happen? Is it out? <laughs> exactly. And all of a sudden it just happened. It was like a, a week and then it's out. So even though we had the time, it just went so fast. But it came about by accident, really. It was weird. I was Googled by one of the producers. So they just Googled fun, tattoo, alternative <laughs> stylist, like loads of these oh, key really? <laughs> like pro Brilliant. words. And then I popped and up on like, the first Joey. thing. <laughs> I literally, I was like, hello. So, no, it was perfect. And then it just sort of happened. And then the one of the producers went to the casting director and was like, one of the uh, researchers was looking for people and, and said, have you heard of this guy? And she went, oh my God, yes, I do. I know him. I worked on a pilot with him years ago and I'm friends with him on Facebook. And oh, that's, amazing. that's that it. So, so, so you are what you wear as a, a makeover show, clothes particularly. Yeah. Do you, are you too young to remember other tv makeover shows because i kind of was brought up on a little diet of changing rooms and all that which you probably would never have heard of no i remember them i'm 35 so then kind of the (gasps) 90s i was in senior school in the 90s so all those kind of change it and changing rooms and all the trini and susanna and and all the 10 years younger i i remember them all so it was a 
was um, there was one with Patrick Cameron was on that I used to absolutely love. He was on a daytime makeover show and I used to actually f um, pretend I was sick. So my mum would leave me at home on my own <laughs> while she went to work it. so I could watch the show. <laughs> That's brilliant. Very naughty. Don't approve at all. <laughs> I know. Patrick laughed though when I told him because I um, did an event with him and he, uh, when I was telling him about it, he couldn't stop laughing. But he's a lovely guy, old Patrick Cameron. <laughs> yeah. So, so how does it work then? So obviously we know what we see as viewers, but the magic of TV is not always the way it is. So the concept is that um, they're kind of real people who've got stories to tell, I'm thinking, and that clothes and looks is sort of part of it but they're people who are on a journey from the from the short bits that we've seen um and then the idea is that ryland the uh, one of my favorite presenters ever he's brilliant talks, <laughs> he is uh, what he i think he's perfect he's so he's so empathetic and funny but he doesn't make anyone feel well hopefully he doesn't on screen he, he makes everyone look really comfortable but then the idea is that you bid for who you'd like to do a makeover with is that really what happens or it, do you know what, everyone, this is the one question that everyone's been asking me is, oh. you know, like, oh, do, who comes up? We kind of, we're like the style Spice Girls, so we all have our own little nicknames, you know, I'm the <laughs> wild child because I do a bit more editorial and a bit more pushed out there. Yeah. But we literally, as soon as the clients come in, we sit down and we go, right, who would this suit? Would this suit Lucy? Would this suit Kat? Would this suit Joey, Darren or Nana? So this is what we do. And we literally, and sometimes there is a little bit of a... I really want this person yeah, and you yeah. know and we kind of when when you see somebody really wanting that person we kind of let the others sort of decide between say two or fighting it out and whoever kind of comes up with a real big reason to why they want to but I will say be well I will be honest nine times out of ten we just kind of was like yep yeah, I'll have that one and everyone was like yeah That's cool because yeah uh, and great. what is it? Sorry, I'm just gonna. I'll let Lauren speak in a minute. I've just got so many questions I want to get out there. <laughs> so, what is it, Joey? Is it the story of the person, or is it the look of the person that makes you think, okay, I've got ideas for you? Which I'm sure it's both, but which is the greater? For me, um, I would say it's a bit of both, because you kind of want, you know. The stories, you know, you don't want this sob story. A lot of these makeover shows and these shows always have this big sob story. And we do have some sad stories, but we normally get them towards the end of their journey. So, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, they've done all the stuff on the inside. It's now they want to match the outside with the inside. So for me, I would say it's a little bit of both. Sometimes you go, oh, wow, what are they wearing? I really definitely think I could be the best person for yeah, them. Yeah. But I would say it's a lot to do with who the person is and their kind of vibe for me. I just think it's so important to kind of understand if they're going to get me as a stylist because I am the wild child on the on the programme. So it's a little bit like I throw some really random things out there compared to the others who, you know, do... A bit more um, conservative. Yeah, a little bit more conservative. So it's kind of that they have to suit me and I have to have kind of an editorial vibe on where they want to go, like an yeah. interesting fashion. If it's somebody who just wants to come in and have a little bit of style or mm. makeover they're probably going to be best for somebody else compared to me who would want to do a little bit of a a U-turn on their style and bring yeah. them back to something brand new. Oh, that's great. I liked it, though, I mean, at the end, with it, it was as well the hair that kind of finished the look, wasn't it? Like, I know that the clothes are such an important thing, but I was watching it and thinking, actually, you know, hair is so important. It is... Yeah, hair's the crown. Yeah, you can't exactly. have a beautiful gown without the crown, no, as I say. So, so when you were looking at them, did you was was the hair a attraction to you at all with any of your? Did you think we decided on the hair? Oh, okay. So oh, every great. single person. So say for instance, episode one, Rachel. Yeah. You know, when she came in, she had her hair scraped back. And, yeah. You know, she's mixed race, and I just loved her natural curl. She had great. So I kind of just wanted. She? 
it was beautiful. So I just, I've got naturally curly hair, which I know you, I've just shaved it all off, but it is curly. <laughs> so I understand about natural hair. Yeah, and I just yeah. felt like with her, she's a PE teacher. She scrapes it back for uh, her lessons each day. Yeah. I wanted to give her natural big hair and she absolutely loved that kind of half back. So we just work with the team backstage and we tell them exactly, exactly on what, what we want to do. Yeah, it looked great. Do you have any follow-up with the people you've worked with? Do you know if they've kept to it? Do you stay in touch with them? Has the TV show done that or is that not Yeah, so yet? we, um, in regards to kind of the looks, you know, it is a BBC show. So for advertisement reasons, they can't advertise the clothes. That's why we've done more take-home information. Like, right. look, her final piece, that blue suit, she could have literally, and if you haven't seen it, that's not going to give it away. But, yeah. you know, you could Google a cobalt blue suit which would suit your shape, plus size, cold mm -hmm. blue, slim, uh, you know, even guys, masculine size, um, um, sizes and uh, different styles. But yeah, so I think it's one of those sort of things, but I've put some information out because I was getting so many messages on, what did you put Rachel in? Rachel, but the thing yeah. is, is because we filmed it in September, those looks are from end of summer, or sorry, oh, the course, early yeah. August, um, yeah. early August, early autumn. So yeah. all of a sudden, they're all out. So I did a um, almost like a guide on where they can find things that are out this season yeah, and yeah. going forward to, to that. Yeah, yeah. So it's what was the match. last bit of your question? I can't remember. <laughs> no, so sorry. I was going, I was going, I've got so many questions. They were all muddling into one. So then I was just wondering whether you had any idea of, of whether these people have kept with the styles that you guys have suggested. Do you, do you yeah, have so, any follow-up? Yeah, they do. We do. A couple of them have, um, especially my ones. I'm still in contact. They contact me through social media on my Instagram. Oh, and nice. um, the guy that I do a makeover on on um, episode three, he's really pushed the boundaries. Like He's messaging me literally since the show once a week being like, Shh, can I wear this? Is this okay with me? <laughs> so it's, it's really good to kind of give him that little... Um, now he's like, personal stylist. Exactly. So you do keep in touch with them. So and Rachel messaged me yesterday. So um, it's really nice. I think it's just, you know, they stick to the style. They take their the rules back home with them and they yeah. kind of do ask questions. And I think it's really, really nice that they do that. Yeah. So coming out a bit more broader then. So as a stylist for session work or other shoots, editorial or whether it's, you know, the hair shoots or the fashion shoots, would you still say you've got a bit more of a wild style or...? In the, are you are you really good at following a brief or are you like no I've got the perfect clothes I'm bringing them do you know what it depends most of my clients kind of trust me but at first you know they give me a brief and then I go from that brief so say for instance some of my clients like crazy color so crazy color is literally is in the name yeah. they like to go crazy with the style so they kind of give me an idea of a theme say for instance I don't know it's uh 80s punk 90s and then I'll taking inspiration from that theme and then I just put the looks together that match in with their hair colour, cuts and what the style is going to be at the end. So yeah, so most of the time I would say that most of the clients kind of trust me to kind of come up with it but I do like, I do work better with a guide mm. just so, you know, if they give me a haircut, I just want to know where that inspiration's come from that haircut. It's almost the opposite of fashion week, you know, where the designers set the trends then makeup, hair all come down from that. Yeah, like of course. A, with, with hair clients, it's the opposite. It's hair, then fashion, then the makeup comes mm -hmm. in towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. In terms of like fashion week then as well, because obviously for this time round, things have radically changed and it's all kind of virtual. What, where do you see the future of fashion going? I mean, have you, have you, have you seen any of the fashion week shows and all the coverage? I'm going to be... 
I'm going to be honest with you. Mm. I haven't been to Fashion Week for a couple of years. And not? the reason, no, for three years, because I'm going to be really upfront and I'm a very honest <laughs> person. I just feel it's about who's on the front row. Yeah. And how many people have got, you know, they're following and if they're bloggers. And there's bloggers and influencers that have not even been in the industry. They've just happened to be interested in fashion. And I kind of feel like it's saturated now by almost bloggers and influencers at the front row and not about the important people like the magazines, um, the fashion stylists, you know. Yeah. It used to be a time that I was on the front row on every fashion show, even before I'd done any TV stuff, because... We were the ones that were taking out the clothes mm -hmm. and putting them on, using yeah. them for editorial celebs and stuff like that. But now it's all about who's on the front row. And, you know, I still get invited to the front rows, but I just don't like it. You sit there. I sit there and I don't even go on my phone. I might have my phone just to take a couple of pictures of things I like for social media yeah. aspects. But I just, it just grates my grill, I'm telling you. <laughs> you sit in the front row and all you see is these bloggers just on their phones. They're not even looking at the clothes as they're walking past because they're just, not bothered. Yeah. They just want that no. photo of them at Fashion Week and it's about yeah, yeah. them. Where when I go yeah. to Fashion Week it's about the designer that I'm looking and you know, yeah. and that's it. And I just find it's a little bit saturated. So for me it makes no difference. Put it online, because that's what I do. I sit in my pajamas at home <laughs> over the weekend of Fashion Week. I haven't got to sit there and try and make an effort with my clothes. And I yeah. sit there and I just listen and watch and that's it. And I love yeah. it. And I love the fact that future's going that way because it's also given a chance for designers who couldn't afford to pay for the venues, yeah. a chance mm. to showcase their designs live online yeah. during Fashion Week. Yeah. And, and I, I guess I people like can kind of dip in and out of the things that they like and come back and rewatch things. And Yeah, I, I, you know, I just feel like Fashion Week has changed a lot. I think it's um, more about the kind of the PR statement of who's there rather than, you know, I, I used to love it when the public used to buy tickets and stand at yeah. the back and get excited that they were at Fashion Week. That's how I first got to Fashion Week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I bought tickets as a student and I had standing tickets and I stood at the back and now I've gone all the way to the front. I've crawled my way through those seats <laughs> over the benches and I've over got to the people. front. I know. So I just feel like it's a little bit desaturated. You, um, sorry, saturated now. Yeah. Do you think, um, what's your sense? So we're talking to you during um, the COVID lockdown, which is hope you, is easing, but um, do you think fashion is going to take the chance or be forced to reset? Or do you think it's going to, you know, this time next year, it'll be back to what it was? I would like it to reset. I'm going to be honest with you. I think this fast fashion is killing our industry. You know, I used to love it when you had two seasons yeah. You know, it used to be spring, summer, autumn, winter, and you'd have two sets, and that would be the clothes for it. And you, then it went into, like, sub-season, so you'd have spring, summer, autumn, winter as four different. Now it's monthly, then it's weekly, and I'm just... I've had enough, and I've had enough of these um, bloggers and influencers that... You know, I'm, I'm classed as an influencer. I've got a big following, but I hate these people that have got no... No idea about fashion, never studied fashion, never done design. And when you've studied fashion for, like, five years of your life, like I did... Mm. And then you see an influencer who's just made it from doing videos in their bedroom and now they've got a clothesline with some online brand. It's yeah. soul destroying. And I think this yeah. is the whole thing with a lot of people. But, you know, I just think it needs to change. Fashion needs to change. We need to stop this fast fashion. You know, yeah. on the show, we talk about shop at the high street, shop um, for longevity. You know, it's all about yeah. buy stuff, capsule wardrobes. You know, if you're going to buy something, don't buy something just for this culture of, 
oh, girls, I'm going out on a Friday night, I need a new dress. You know, I never yeah. used to do that when we were younger, did we? We used to just, no. you'd have an outfit and you'd wear that, you know, of course, you'd wait a month before you wear it again, but you never used to have, like, 17 dresses from these online companies that hang up at yeah. £10 a dress. Like, Well, it's yeah. so, I mean, I was brought up to make my own clothes. You know, my mum was quite, they didn't have a lot of money and mum was pretty, pretty good. So, I mean, by 9, 10, 11, I was definitely working the sewing machine and making frocks and I had this one little A-line pattern and I had, you know... These days, it's it's not cost effective to make your own clothes, even no. you know. And I think that's I'm with you, Joey. I think that's a real shame. I mean, it, this morning I noticed it's that it's the day that the non-essential retail shops yeah, are allowed shops to be right. open, and it was just queues outside Primark in every big city. And I just thought, mm, it's a shame. shame, really. I just feel, I just feel like we're losing the essence of what made. England is so good. Well, you know, the UK has always been known as like a fashion mecca. Mm. Our London Fashion Week, you could not, you couldn't even compete with us for no. years. You know, we, we had Stella McCartney, like Alexander McQueen, we had Vivian Westwood, you know, you've got these big brands and these big designers that have come, you know, so far. And I just kind of feel like it's a little bit meh now. Mm. There's just, it's a bit blah, I'm bored, you know, it's, there's this, it seems to be Fashion designers going more towards dressing for celebrities rather than doing it for the art. I miss the avant-garde. I miss the craziness of fashion. Yeah. And I feel like as we're getting so close to the United States with everything we're doing from fast food to film, TV, culture. And I feel like we're everyone's going on about statues and stuff like that, which I don't think is important. We're missing out on what makes us British through the fact that we're turning Americanized. And I feel this is where we're missing... You know, America, New York Fashion Week has always been the commercial fashion week. Mm. It was always the brands like Karen Millen and mm -hmm. Donna Karen and things like that, where, you know, Calvin Klein, Tommy yeah. Hilfiger, them kind of brands that were commercial and aimed at, you know, the sort of people with a little bit of money, mm. yeah. but haven't got enough money to pay for avant-garde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so adventurous. So who who's, who are your favourites? You know, who is getting it right for you these days? A couple of... Couple of Names British that you would, designers, yeah, yeah, going British sit on the front designers. Row for. <laughs> I just for for me, I would say that Vivian Westwood just gets it right every time, and mm. I love the fact she always has a message and she uses it as a platform to express herself from you know uh, climate change and things like that. Yeah. But I'm gonna be honest with you, I have not been wowed by a designer in in a long time. I'm gonna be honest. I just kind of feel like. I work with a lot of brands that are really great and a lot of designers that are great. Is there anybody around at the moment like Alexander McQueen? No. no. And I'm going to be honest. And I think that if there was some more avant-garde, there's some new graduates coming, but they're normally, I'm going to be honest, the ones that are kind of high, crazy, avant-garde couture are normally from the Asian countries and they've come over to learn over here. So they're not technically a British designer because they may be from Japan or China. And they've come over here to study because it is, you know, places like Central St. Martins is the best colleges, mm -hmm. you know, one of the best colleges in the world. So for me, I'm just a little bit like, impress me, guys. Come on, designers, come forward, <laughs> do something a little bit different and yeah. just change it up a little bit. Because I'm just a little bit over. It's either really yeah. glam gown dresses, pretty, beautiful, stunning red carpet dresses or it, you know, it goes completely the other way or it goes commercial. It's just there's no... Beautiful gowns with an avant-garde kind of Dior, mm. John Galliano. Yeah. And I know we can't really say his name because of what he did years ago, but I'm talking more from the essence of John Galliano as a designer, yeah. not what he stands for. And, yeah. 
you know, and moving forward towards then, you know, them sort of designers. And I think since Alexander McQueen um, passed away, I don't think we've had a designer that's... No, there's been quite a few greats that have gone, haven't they? Um, Azadeen, Alaya and, and those sort of names yeah. gone. Are you, what are you thinking is going to happen in the short term? You know, the next sort of six to nine months while we get really out of this pandemic, are you fearful for for the, you know, uh, industry? Are there going to be shoots? Are people going to do them? Are you going to, you know, are we going to run out of photographs to publish because nobody's doing collections anymore? Do you know what? I think it's going to hit the smaller salons and the people just starting out in the industry in the last sort of four or five years more than anything. The assistants, the interns, it's going to affect them because the fact is, is that they need to keep the bodies down. You know, I think we're going to be all fine for for work. I think it's going to be the sort of the younger generation. And when I say younger, not just young people, younger is in your your timeline in the industry, the interns, assistants you know I've been booked for um a couple of jobs coming up where I'm not allowed to have any assistance so I've got a steam I'm gonna have to hang all the clothes and I haven't done that in a couple of years I do do it I'm not I'm not lying <laughs> but it's one of those sort of things where I'm gonna have to sit there now and I'm gonna have to sit and do all the work and it's fine because of course I got here from doing that but it's just I think it's going to affect more the younger generation yeah so you can't have anybody standing and watching and learning or you know shadowing you for the day or you know all that kind of thing so it's about the about the body count but um, we're moving forward like i've got a shoot on thursday and uh, what we're doing on thursday is we've got a hairstylist but he's directing from social distance he's directing the hair on the models and telling them what to do by sitting two meters away no he's not even touching the the model stylists are doing that their models are doing their own hair so the models are doing the hair, being like, sort of almost like having a tutorial, yeah. and then the hairstylist is going to stand there and show them what to do beforehand and guide them through it so they can do the hair. So I'm not going to cancel out having a hairstylist because no. for the sake of not having a hairstylist, I need to have a hairstylist there because at the end of the day, one, it's a video shoot. So, yeah. you know, for, for photos, we can edit the hair to some extent, you know, but yeah. I just hate doing that because it just ends up being manufactured and I hate yeah. it. I want to see natural so yeah we've got somebody who's going to be guiding them from um two meters away so I think this is the thing where That's it's going to really go forward idea, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. have it for you know if they haven't really got to do much and they've just got to stand there you know how I've done it is they're a consultant they're a yeah. consultant on set who's going to be guiding the model on what to do and how to do it because I can say to any model who probably knows how to do their own hair and makeup and they are doing uh, we're doing the same with a makeup artist. There's a makeup artist there who's going to guide through and yeah. be sitting um, two metres away and be doing the makeup whilst they're... So they'll guide them through it on themselves. Yeah, so, sure, Yeah, this is... We've got to evolve. At the end of the day, this is disastrous for our industry, for all of the fashion, beauty yeah. and hair industry. And the thing is, I think we've got to start realising that we have to move forward and things have to change. We, we will never go back to, I think... I was saying the other day, like... I don't want to shake anybody's hand. I don't want to... Like, I, I used to be cuddly, kissy. I know, and I, all the kissing, yeah. I'm like, Actually, vampires, yeah. hold the cross up, keep away from me. <laughs> <laughs> and have you been speaking to... So you must have a, are you a huge network of friends in different countries. How are, how are people finding it, you know, who are a bit further down the line than us, who are already open again? Are they, you know, getting used to it? Are people feeling positive? A lot of my um, sort of clients and hairstylists abroad are kind of the ones that, you know, they've gone back, they've... Things have changed, like the fact that you've got to learn how to cut hair wearing gloves. 
things like mm. that. But right. I kind of feel like the whole cutting hair with gloves is probably whooped. I, unless you're going to have one pair of gloves for that client and that's it, and you don't, you take them off and you dispose of them. Not one pair of gloves a day because yeah. it kind of cross contaminates. But yeah. they've had to do things like these screens in between the wash basins. You know, um, uh, the 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 actual seats that you have your your the your haircut they've been moved further apart. You know, and things like that. Gloves, masks. I just think. Get your clients to wear masks. There's a lot of tutorials that hairstylists are doing at the moment online where they're showing you how you can have your client wear a mask, but you can they don't have to have it behind their ears. Yeah. So I think you just everybody should use this time through their salons to start prepping, putting their screens up, and just guiding through the fact that this is going to be a long a long journey. Yeah. I think it's going to last for at least. I don't think we're going to be okay until they get a vaccine, if I'm honest. And yeah. I think we need to evolve with it. And understand that even though England have kind of been a bit disastrous with the whole <laughs> lockdown, they should have locked us down straight away. I wish we yeah. were New Zealand, but unfortunately yeah. we're not. And what does that say? Female leader. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who, who do you go to when you're sick? You go to your mum. Exactly. That's what you need. You need the mother figure to come in and save the day. And the fact she breastfeeds in Parliament and stuff is just absolutely fantastic. And I'm like, go for it, girl. Like, have that. But I've seen a lot of big... Um, you know, um, hairdressers and people adapt whilst being in lockdown and they're smashing it. Daniel Granger, like he's done this whole course, he's set up his whole, um, like this school, he's done this whole big thing ready for his salon and he's he's capitalised on something whilst in lockdown and I think this education and this health and safety and also everybody's clean now. Yeah. There's none of this, oh, I went to the hairdressers and she picked her nose and then she washed my hair. Like, yeah. there's none of that. It's it's literally everybody's being so precautious yeah. on what they're yeah. doing. But I think it's really important to kind of look at these hairstylists and understand, you know, where they're going and maybe start following them people and get guidance from them. Because there's a lot of people at the moment that have kind of just, they're doing a lot of talking, but there's no action with it. Yeah, and yeah. I think this is the thing is I want to see yeah. people pushing forward like some of these really big hairstylists and, and you know not even big hairstylists I've seen some of the smaller salons adapt and do things I think this is it and I've seen a big collaboration uh, live chat people coming together and it's lovely yeah, I've always loved the hair I think it's a state community. of mind isn't it yeah no yeah. it's really cool do you think um, with trends do you think that customers for hair and clothes and beauty products are going to be asking for different stuff more discerning do you think you know this whole idea this this lovely romantic poetic notion that the planet is healing itself through this time which you know wouldn't it be amazing if it was do you think that that's going to influence shopping trends um sort of fashion beauty hair or do you think that people will go back to what they are used to convenient fast cheap or do you think the sustainability will i think it's it's, it's always going to be similar with the political stance of left and right. I think there's people that sit in the middle who are kind of like, mm, if I want something, I'll buy it. But, you know, like if I want a burger, I'll eat a burger. But, you know, I'll do four days a week vegetarian. There's yeah. people on the left who are like extreme vegans. And there's ones on the right who are like, oh, if it's my right, I could do what I want. So I think it just balances out to that. And I think it's developing on that. And I think, you know, trends... Politics is so big along every avenue at the moment. And I think it will go from that. For me, I think people are making more of an effort, going yeah. more greener. I've been going greener um, for the past two years and gone to like, I shop at my refill, um, local refill shop where I get everything. So my jars, I take them. But of course, we couldn't even go and take our jars there because of cross-contamination. Yeah. So things have had to go back to kind of normal 
and yeah, then they'll probably the go back exactly all the packaging again i hate it because i was putting out like a bag of rubbish which was only plastic and stuff like a month rather than two bags a week like yeah. for one person that's ridiculous but i think things will adapt i think people will be a little bit more cautious because you know we've seen the world healing while we've been in lockdown and i know it sounds dramatic and a bit like a michael jackson song but <laughs> we have to take into account that you know we are causing this damage and all these cheap hairbrushes, plastic stuff, you know, keep getting, oh, and this throwaway mentality is making me yeah. so angry. You know, oh, a pair of socks got a hole in them, throw away. No, you get the needle out, put the thread through the hole, <laughs> so and just stitch that up, because that's how I was brought up. So what's your, where's your heart, Joey? I saw, um, I saw your beautiful Union Jack dress that you'd made on your social media, which I thought was just gorgeous. Thank so you. So obviously, you know, Oh, well, yeah, no, everyone should search that out. It's stunning. But so you obviously, you know, you make clothes as well. So the sort of the styling, the hair, the advising, what, what's, what's your heart really, really? Is it making something or? I think for me, I love the creating and the making. Everything I make is recycled. So it's all um, unwanted fabrics or recycled fabrics. Um, customized stuff I make things out of plastic old plastic flowers anything that I can get my hands on so I love that because it kind of that's where I started out was I wanted to be a fashion designer yeah but who doesn't if you love fashion designing you're gonna love playing with other people's fashions so this is why I love styling because I get to play around with other people's designs and yeah. create looks from other people so it's almost like being an artist but also working at a gallery creating you know, like a gallery evening or creating some sort of event. And I, I like both. I think it's 50-50. I really do love both. I love the styling because, you know, I like following a brief. But then I like the fact that I get to make something from scratch and cre and create. You know, I like eating cakes. I also like baking them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That, we like that. Good. Oh, that's excellent. I think we're coming to the end of our time now. Yeah, um, thanks, Joey. Lauren? Yeah, I'm sorry, hogged the questions there, but I thought that was no, really exciting. You've uh, <laughs> asked everything we wanted to ask. No, no, no it's and I, I love to talk. Me, I don't. There's people out there. There's a couple of um, people out there in the industry that's going to go. Oh God, here he goes talking. <laughs> and I love to chat. So this has gone really quick, and I've had well, a, a lovely, lovely time. Yeah, fantastic. Thank, Thank you. you so much, yeah. Jerry. Thank and you. Good. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much to Joey Bevan for joining us today. It's fantastic catching up with him. Um, if you like what you hear, don't forget to log on to respectyou.me where you'll find a whole host of other podcasts that we've done with fantastic guests. Um, and please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes because it will push us up the charts. Thanks for joining. Bye.